0: You're listening to the Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion. We podcast for
1: an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.
0: And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Bob Green. We're <laughs> back. That. Yes. That, man? Can you whistle? <laughs> <up your fingers>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been able to. I can, like, blow through them and make that, like, you know, with the two-handed, like, flute thing going on. Yeah, I, I can't even. But I can't. I could. I could never get the whistle down. I've. I've. I'm. I've been jealous of baseball coaches my entire life. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, welcome back or welcome, friends and foes. Uh, thanks for listening to the Cannabis Agenda. Um, gosh, we're several episodes into this. The website should be launching soon, and um, that would be uh, cannabisagenda.com. Um our email is canvasagenda at gmail and you can find Jay Casanova or Pot Green at Twitter. Um we have a phone number for you guys to call in whenever you want, seven oh seven six five four CAN, which is C A N N. Um and uh yeah, this is we're probably ten plus episodes into this now. Um gotta be a dozen yeah we're getting there a dozen i'd say it's got to be right when when did we start this february February, january was february end of january something like that something right around you know not too far after the turn of the um the decade so yep we're we're a 2010 a 2010 uh radio show we're here we're we're trying to get better at it today we're going to be experimenting with some new segments so hold on it could be interesting they could suck either way um, let us know what you think, questions, comments, whatever. Hit us on the phone, Twitter, or email. We'd really appreciate it, guys. So, um, want to start out today with a product plug on the house, which is uh, promoting a product free of charge. Um, I've, uh, I've, you know, I've mentioned it in the past, like two or three episodes. But Kai's, the book, Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink, is a super, super good book. Um, I, I recommend any cannabis advocate to read it. Uh, the authors are Steve Fox, Paul Armentano, and Mason Tvert. Steve Fox is uh, Director of State Campaigns for MPP. Uh, Paul Armentano is a Deputy Director of Normal, and Mason Tvert is the can uh, the, sorry the the can founder the co can founder of an executive director of safer um, which is a safer alternative for enjoyable recreation uh, basically why I'm still plugging this book so. F- so hard core is because um in my years of talking with people about cannabis uh the majority of us including myself have always shied away from comparing marijuana and alcohol uh why well because most of us believe that marijuana is far less harmful for you than than alcohol so therefore we've all kind of gone no we shouldn't compare it to alcohol well what these guys are saying is that is the precisely the reason that we should be comparing it to alcohol. We're in an age now where people are finally becoming very aware of all the negative societal consequences alcohol brings. And if we can use alcohol as a benchmark to describe marijuana and its, it's safe then how safe it actually is by discussing it with people, after these discussions have occurred, it should become obvious to most people Excluding the strict prohib- uh, prohibitionist of all intoxicants, that marijuana is a safe alternative to alcohol, and if it were legally available, most people might or more people might choose to use it instead of alcohol, thus benefiting society by slowing down some of alcohol's negative societal effects. So, if you haven't read it. I highly recommend checking it out it's a good read. It will really help you um, in uh, talking with people about why you think marijuana um, should be legal and is a safe alternative in comparison to alcohol okay. yeah it's a good book. I really liked it. I think it's a you know it 's our new age thing. They truly believe that it is the Argument that will help finally get us past uh, a minority, get us over the fifty percent hump it 's been uh, it 's been a staple in the Colorado campaigns for marijuana, and as you guys have seen, Colorado has you know the the public sentiment towards marijuana in Colorado has changed so rapidly i mean it was it was this medical state you know everyone knew that it was a medical state, but man two years ago three years ago i remember people still talking about you know yeah you can do it in colorado but you'll still go you'll go to jail there da 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 well they're they're almost became the most the most liberalized state in the in the country if not the most uh, um state in the country at this point i i would think so uh, you know kudos to them for uh, putting together such a successful campaign i i I think a lot of it has to do with their message. Marijuana is safer than alcohol, and um, I commend them
0: for their efforts. Absolutely. Go Colorado. Go Colorado.
1: All right. On to the next. Topics barely worth any of our time. Um, These are just dumb news stories and topics, and seriously, they are barely worth any of our time. And this one is, too. It was in Celeb Stoner. It's the curse of 420. Okay, so 420 is represents pot, right? We all think of 420 um, in reference to weed. It's either the time of day when people smoke, or maybe it was a, you know, some sort of jargon that cops used about marijuana. Or who cares right now about how it actually started? But we celebrate marijuana on April 20th. And this article by Steve Bloom, it's a short article, um, he's talking about how he loves 420 as much as the next stoke, uh, next every stoner, but um, he's perplexed by the bad news that often breaks on the National Day of Pot Smoking. For instance, he points to 1999, the Columbine Massacre. This year, 2010, BP's uh, oil disaster, which is a disaster. And um, then, of course, he points towards Adolf Hitler being born on April
0: 20. Additionally, I'd like to point out that Clinton, Bill Clinton, uh, when he was in office, ordered the massive bombing of the Serbs uh, over there in that Serbian conflict. Yeah. uh, On 420, probably on
1: 420. Yeah, yeah really (laughs) crazy dude um I, i every day in the year is a terrible year a terrible day uh people are diagnosed with cancer aids die in car wrecks die of natural causes are shot killed robbed murdered every day of the year Um, If you look far enough into the the history of every day, there's bound to be something terrible happening on that day. Um, New Year's Eve, 15 years ago, this girl that I was really good friends with, her boyfriend shot himself right in front of her. Things happen bad on holidays just like they do any other day. I wouldn't put too much into it as far as uh, 420 being cursed. Kind of silly, in my opinion.
0: Uh, just, uh, you know, just take a trip to uh, Boulder and go out there to the day on the quad on 420 and see all the smiles on them people's faces and you'll see how much of a a curse it is, you know.
1: Yeah, big curse. We all get super stoned and and go to sleep a little bit earlier than normal.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, Jamie, on to Midwestern Reefer Madness, news from the Midwest. What's happening out that way, buddy?
0: Hey, we got a little bit of action happening with the uh, Illinois uh, pending legislature or legislative uh, legislation, rather, excuse me. Um, the SB 1381, um, the cannabis pilot program, is... is well, we think it's going to go for a floor vote, but more importantly, we think that Lou Lang has the last the last word out. From credible sources, was that Lou Lang has a solid fifty nine votes, and he needs sixty. So that would place us within one vote from uh, victory in this area. And I can't imagine he states that solidly. I mean, with this is without any doubt, they uh, ninety uh, congresspeople have openly proclaimed to him how much they really hope that this gets passed, and this is fantastic legislation. So with those, what does he need, 60? So there's like 30 extra people out there that believe in it but won't vote when when it comes down to it due to their fear of some sort of voter backlash, which – doesn't make sense because people are in majority uh, in favor of medical cannabis. So I don't get that. But he doesn't either. But uh, I, w- I can't imagine that one of those 30 people, being as they only need one vote to pass this important legislation, wouldn't step up and make the difference. So it's looking positive. We're not going to, you know, stop holding our breath just yet because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But we hope that things go well with that. So it's looking, uh, it's looking promising. Um, let me see here. Missouri SWAT. You we talked last time about uh, Springfield, Missouri and their instance uh, that happened with the SWAT raid that left uh, one dog killed and one dog shot, one child traumatized and a wife. It's Columbia
1: with, wasn't it was soon. it Columbia, correction was it Columbia, Missouri or Springfield, Missouri?
0: Um oh did I say that wrong? Yeah. You maybe, said Springfield.
1: Uh, Springfield's confusing because every state has a Springfield.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They do. I'm sorry, thanks for pointing that out. That is that is a little typo I had on my note here. That's, uh, It is Columbia, Missouri, by the way. Um, okay. I think uh, anybody that's had their ears to the news at all with anything cannabis-related has heard about this story. It just absolutely infuriated a lot of people. So uh, – anyway there's uh there's a forum that's going on they're having a I announced last show that they were going to be having a, a community meeting in the town hall meeting like you know so people can and the community can come and discuss the issue and voice their concerns and outrage or whatever you know they may feel um, but that's not supposed to happen until this coming Wednesday and the nineteenth um, so I was really surprised right after our show. I went to this uh the newspaper. The, the Missourian, it's called, um, from Columbia, Missouri, and they already had uh, some sort of a, uh, a meeting um, with their city leadership, and it was packed full, and uh, subsequently there was a forum. Uh, so people could discuss this. And it was amazing to me. There was a ton of people that came on there to, to post their thoughts. Um, of course, there's a it included a lot of people that were irate and all capital letter ranting about things hysterically and so forth. But um, amidst all this, there was a lot of really sound logic and a lot of sensibility. And surprisingly enough, the police chief came on himself and was actively posting and responding to people and uh, getting flamed largely as you can imagine um, and handling it really well. I have to hand it to him i don 't know if he 's completely guilty or you know he deserves a heck of a lot of punishment and he might he very well might and i don 't know that, but what one thing I want to point out that regardless of his his uh, culpability in this in this instance that occurred here. He handled this very, very professionally. And I think that's, that's admirable. And he deserves at least that, um, amidst the posts, however, there were some very interesting things that I found. Um, there's a SWAT member from, uh, LA and out there in California that came on and said that he looked at the video on Fox news. Um, you can catch it, that video pretty much anywhere. Um, if you search for it, it's also, there's a link that will be on our website as well. But, uh, he watched the video, and he said, "You know what? I just wanted to post to you guys and let you know that our SWAT team doesn 't do anything like this first of all, they don 't do routine sWAT uh, uh, warrant issuance they don 't issue uh, like routine warrants um, like 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 a sergeant in a police force would just you know go to a house and ring a doorbell or you know they don't they don't they, basically they don't they don 't get involved unless certain criteria." for violence, and an immediate armed, dangerous, or threatening situation is in place. I mean, if there's five guys that are heavily armored and they're wearing all these, you know, like you saw on that news. Remember that news thing when those bank robbers were <laughs> got like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If Something like that's going on. I think most people in this country probably say, get a SWAT team. That's exactly what they're doing. Sure because' we don't, our police would be ineffective we don 't have anything to stop those kind of people, but other than those types of instances they 're not really supposed to be used and that 's what I was under the assumption that or a belief you know I thought that I knew that that was the way it was, but i wasn 't hearing any of this, and it was refreshing to see this guy from uh, l a come on and say that that is actually the, tr- the case, and he is very very uh upset and kind of uh, it found it disconcerting you know the way that they handled their. Their issue there, and uh, just the fact that they serve regular warrants like that in 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 Colombia. And additionally, there was a uh, there was a police officer from New York that came on, and he said, "Just curious, don't the officers carry pepper spray or tasers?" I'm a police officer in New York, and they are non-lethal. Uh, these are, are all non-lethal methods and will deter any dog. He said, we carry them and so does our SWAT team. Maybe New York police departments value people's house pets and don't use them as target practice. So, I mean, it's not just law enforcement is bad by any means. There's law enforcement officers coming. Those are extreme opposite ends of the country that are coming on here and saying, look, man, I'm a cop. We're actively involved in situations just like this, and we, don't, we would never dream of doing anything like that. So we think that it's wrong. You know, and uh, they they want to kind of set the record straight. So you can go check that out if you want to. Um, I guess if you just search um, Columbia, Missouri, the Missourian newspaper, and you can you can probably pretty easily find that that information. I, one one post it, at the end that I wrote, he said, this guy just simply said, sorry, forefathers, our fathers are idiots. <laughs> and I thought that was uh, kind of compelling to hear him, him say. So- know,
1: you know, um, these sort of tactics are... Widespread. They even happen here in Humboldt County. Still, Uh, I've known two people. One was a woman, and the other a man um, who have had uh, the Drug Enforcement Task Force, Humboldt County Drug uh, Drug Task Force, um, knock down their doors uh, with battering rams and with with automatic weapons pointed in their faces when they come in the house. That's so. So even here. They serve warrants like this sometimes, um, and luckily I haven't heard anything going fatally wrong for anyone. But obviously, it happened in Missouri, and it looks like looks Absolutely. like something went wrong in Detroit too. It looks like, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, that just happened. Um, a seven-year-old girl, uh, Ariana Jones, she was killed during a SWAT raid in Detroit over the weekend. It was uh, um, they were looking for somebody. In this case, at least, at least they were looking for. Uh, 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 accused murderer. So you know, I mean, that doesn't justify it by any means. But they entered this person's house, and uh, the mom was there. I think she was a little combative with her, like you know, some stormtroopers come flying through your front door, and she was like, "Hold on a second, you know, you're not. What are you doing here?" And, uh, th- and didn't they, you say
1: they threw a? Ta- didn't you tell me earlier they threw a, some sort of device in the window first?
0: Um. Yeah. That's was that- called a. Is it a stun a stun grenade? I'm not really sure if that occurred or not in this instance. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but that's common practice for them to do that before, prior to entry. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that these things happen. This is more than unfortunate. This is a, a serious tragedy. Um, everybody, including the SWAT team, supposedly, is just completely broken up over this. This is a seven-year-old girl that was um, unnecessarily killed. There was also just a... Uh, about the same time period a woman was hospitalized um a Polk County woman an elderly woman um is in critical condition she suffered a massive heart attack when drug agents swarmed the wrong house um and she's a 76 year old you know Woman, and she, obviously, when when paramilitary teams come, you know, blasting into your home unexpectedly, it's pretty shocking for anybody. I think I might have a heart attack if that happened to me. But uh, yeah, so these things are are prevalent. I think uh, in future episodes, we'll certainly be uh, talking about this issue a little bit more. It warrants a little bit more conversation. This is uh, pretty much out of control. So we'll be looking yeah. for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, in both uh, in both instances here of the people that I know that got this sort of treatment, they're both completely nonviolent. Uh, they're pacifists, basically. One of them is a one hundred percent pacifist, probably can't even kill a spider. And um, I don't know. It just seems like uh, seems like the the cops just aren't doing their job. Their their job. They're not really doing their due diligence to to determine. When these sort of things are actually necessary, that's what it seems like to me, anyway. So, yeah, I think that I, I think the,
0: the the imbalance that we're feeling is that you, I think you're exactly right on that account. And the fa- and the problem is that they're not being held accountable for their part of the responsibility in that area. I think perhaps maybe that's one of the issues we need to highlight more. And,
1: right, like when you're talking about culpability and, of police chiefs and stuff for ordering these sort of things. Well, to what extent are they culpable? I mean, these are these are really important issues. Um, God, we'd love to hear from from people out there what you think about this actually. So let us know, please, uh, please let us know.
0: One more comment I almost forgot to mention about this Columbia situation. I was going to say you can give the – you can possibly – I'm playing devil's advocate here. You can possibly give these guys uh, a benefit of the doubt to some degree. And I know this is argumentative. You're going to get infuriated when I say this. Everybody is (laughs) perhaps. But – and you, it, they shouldn't be there in the first place, in my opinion. That's what, I think that's what most of my friends, everybody that I talk to agrees with. But if they're doing their job and they go in here and they have to do this thing, if they go in and there's a dog that has the potential to do a lot of damage and he's pointed at him and he looks like he's going to jump right on him, then maybe there's an argument to some level that they have to defend themselves against that dog. This particular dog that was viciously shot – was wearing a pink sweater.
1: What are you saying about the color pink, man?
0: I'm saying that <laughs> from all uh, accounts, this dog was not attacking them. It was a sick dog being cared by the vet for by the vet, and uh, was it? it was a it was a family pet wearing a wearing a nice little pink sweater. And I mean, it was just
1: was it, was it a girl or a boy? Was it, <laughs> well, was male well, you know, or female?
0: It's it's modern times. It could be either one, I suppose. But but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing that you know this dog would look have this you know appearance that it was very aggressive. I think uh, it's been said, and there's so much speculation about a case like this. You know, people get outraged, and their kind of feelings get away from them. And you know that the, the dogs were crated at the time, and that was disputed, and saying it wasn't true. But one thing that the police chief said was that the dog was in that they was blocking the, the the walkway when they went in the door. But you can see that part and obviously that's not the case so you know, yeah we'll see we'll see we'll follow this little
1: yeah i read that too and um that's not what it looked like in that video for sure yeah. but um the video's somewhat in, inconclusive but still that that didn't appear to be true and, and and furthermore i mean if you're going into a house you should know if there's dogs in there in the first place if sure. you know that there's dogs in there in the first place Then you should be prepared to taser them at worst. I mean, I don't know. Unless you see evidence that this is a pit bull ring, unless you're, you know, that's what you're taking down, some mafia, some violent mafia pit bull, you know, fighting pit bull ring or something, you shouldn't really have to worry too much. I mean, cops. Cops know about dogs. Most of them own dogs. Some of them own pit bulls. Lots of them right. are around – I mean, they, they know. They're not stupid. They're not stupid. Right. They go in there, and they've been trained to have a different – to be in a different headspace when they go into a place like this, sure. to see everything as a threat. Otherwise, why are they shooting seven-year-old kids and dogs? I mean, right. you know, they're, they're, it, it's, it's, there's something philosophically wrong with how they're training these people. They're not oh. – putting them in the right headspace to go into these situations, nor are they really preparing them for them either. I mean, if you had to stop a somewhat aggressive dog or even a really aggressive dog, you could do it with, with some sort of, you know, a, electrical device that potentially wouldn't kill it.
0: Right. So, or that's even, my even pepper spray, you know? Sure.
1: Something. Post, I mean, post
0: office, you know, postal delivery people are not, you know, petrified of dogs and they have this little spray stuff and they're, they're fine so how you know how could somebody that's coated in kevlar at the moment you know be that nervous about a situation you know, sure. aggressive little pink sweater dog is you know, <laughs> the, the police chief said you know this is really going to be look bad on us but when he explained that he, he he confirmed that yeah it was you know, so you see, see this is. dog that's slaughtered, and it looks atrocious. They just killed it with a gun, a lot of gunfire, and it's laying there in its bloody pink sweater. And it's, oh he gosh. said, it's not going to be look bode well for us. And I thought, you know, well, but they're dealing with this. The good thing is, this community is coming together, and they are dealing with this situation. So I think there's potential for some good to come out of this, and I hope that well, they would open this up to more a national level.
1: Sure, talk. it's a huge, huge issue. I mean, you know, we're gonna discuss this uh as future nuggets but um it's going to be a big topic here and and it's going to continue to be a good topic a a big topic as long as it as long as it keeps occurring and we're going to have to uh have to keep following and keep talking about it we would love to hear from everybody what y'all think about this actually it'd be very helpful
0: so i believe you have for us uh some cannabis celebrity news
1: Today's trip down the green carpet. You like that, huh? The green I like carpet. I do like that. <laughs> it's cute, like a pink sweater. You <laughs> need one of those big drums. Like so. <laughs> yeah. Dong, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. The green carpet. I actually like that, though. We should, you know, our, once we have our own, like, crazy award shows and everything, the carpet should be green, dude. It definitely should be. Uh, on celebrity news today, more news from MPP, Aaron Houston. Um, has left MPP to go to uh, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, um, which is effective on June, worth. He'll, uh, on June 1st. He'll take over as the executive director there. Um, he um, has been with uh, MPP for quite a long time. Um, uh, Michael, Bl- uh, Michael Blunk of um, Students for Sensible uh, Drug Policy says that, about him that he has a long and distinguished record of experience in citizen organizing, government Mental affairs, public service, student activism, and drug policy reform. He worked for MPP for seven years, serving as a national field director and leader of the Granite Staters for medical marijuana before becoming the director of government relations. His important work at MPP led to many victories, including the Department of Justice memo on medical marijuana last year. In addition to his work in drug policy, he worked as a political consultant in Denver and was the executive director for the Colorado Student Association so he 's going to be a asset major asset to students for sensible drug policy as he was for m p p Here's what's going on here. This is a lot of this still is the fallout in MPP related to the sex scandal and Rob Campia. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Rob Campy, I believe, is the executive director for MPP, and um, several female um, employees of MPP, perhaps even volunteers, have came forward saying that he in inappropriately. Um, Tried to use his position to get sexual favors. Um, and there are stories of Playboy parties uh, at, with MPP and stuff like this. Uh, Campia was suspended by MPP and then reinstated as the executive director. And a lot of people believe that all these, um, a lot of people defecting from MPP are people that just cannot. Work for an organization that allows someone to stay in power like that. This is very Bill Clinton esque, obviously. But how how much credibility do you think MPP is really losing by keeping uh, Campion in as their executive director? Mm. I think,
0: what do you think? Uh, I really don't think I really don't think all that much in the big picture of things. I mean, I think what was happening with him uh, in a more specific uh, uh, manner of speak, I think he was. He was hitting on some people. And, Inappropriately, right. Yeah, I don't know that it was directly like, hey, if you do this for me, then I'll you know, do that for you, or some sort of, hey, I'm the boss, so you need to do this for me or no. something. Like that. Oh. It wasn't court. that dirty. But no, no, just, no, it wasn't. It was inappropriate it wasn't right, it wasn't directly. He wasn't being direct like that, like,
1: if you don't do this, you'll be fired, or if you do this, you can go up the chain. But it was like he was... Using his stature inappropriately to come on to women in inappropriate spots and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just and inappropriate, what it sounds like. You know, I think Aaron Houston, as you say, you know, and I gotta say, MPP and SSDP are two of my absolute favorite organizations. I think they're yes. they're two of the most effective, the most credible, and the most uh, respect worthy organizations um, involved with drug policy reform and cannabis reform uh, in the nation, in the world for that matter, I guess you would say. But, uh, you know, so that said as impressive of an individual as Aaron Houston, I'm a big fan of Aaron Houston. I love, I love what he's done and how he does things. And he's a pretty slick dude in my opinion. Um, I think Rob Campy is at least as important and effective as he is. I mean, Rob Campy is one of the founding members of MPP. Um, He's a, He's kind of Big Daddy MPP. I think that's pop, perhaps you know speculatory, of course, but I think that's perhaps what got him in trouble. I mean, he kind of got carried away on the wave of things and his success and the, the way things have gone positively for him. I mean, and, and that's not an excuse.
1: I guess from a from like a from like a gossip perspective here, though, these defections that are occurring are they not somewhat statements against him? Do you, you think, know, I don't or do you know think they Aaron? could be?
0: I know mm-hmm. that there, are, there have been several. I think they were pretty much instantaneous, though. I mean, there were several people. And that, that just kind of bodes for how important, truly important Rob Campy is to that organization. Because there's people that outwardly proclaimed, look, man, if you bring him back, I'm out of here. And there was more than one person. And uh, oh, yeah. they brought him back, and they were out of there. And they were not sitting sure. around. And the board was aware of all this, and they still made that decision. So, I mean, that's uh, – he's an important guy. He's the the the, the – this, this movement, effectiveness in this, in this policy reform movement runs on two things. First and foremost, it runs on raw human energy. And the second, and you know, he's exhibited that. But, you know, a lot sure. of people are able to exhibit that. Another thing it runs on is money. It has to have finances to go big and to get the word out. You know, to make awareness nat a national level, you need funds. You need a lot. And Rob Campia is extremely effective at bringing in those funds. He has a lot of connections, a lot of connections. Like you mentioned, uh, Playboy parties, um, he got Hugh Hefner. Yeah to sponsor because, you know, he's part of the advocacy group. You know, he's, you have to love him or hate him for what his lifestyle is or what he does. You know, he's, he's part of our group in a, in a sense that, you know, he's, he agrees with us. And he's, uh, that's a big ma- major yearly fundraiser for MPP that they, that they have. He opens his door and they have a big Playboy party and all the celebrities come out and they raise attention and awareness and money. You know, so, I mean, that's just one example of, you know, that's probably the most controversial example, by the way. But, you know, there's a lot of people that um, he's been working with for years and years. And, you know, in order to get fundraising and anybody in any sort of political uh, involvement and and at any level, like Congress people, anybody, they all they all understand that. In order to get fundraisers, it takes a lot of work and you have to set the groundwork and it's based on relationships and you have to build relationships and it takes time and effort. And once you have all those built, you know, that's that's a, a priceless commodity. I mean, that keeps you rolling. Yeah, people that can raise
1: money always have jobs. I mean, that's yeah. the, the capital runs everything and, and no, but, he's obviously been effective. I mean just just getting to Hugh Hefner in the first place means that he has made tons of positive financial relationships prior to, to meeting to, to making that relationship occur. You know? Right. So yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that's a, I don't know. It's a mixed bag, probably. But I think, for all in all, for the effectiveness, the more important thing than 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 those individuals is their effectiveness and what positive things they keep rolling. I think that I think for that for that as in that aspect, it's it's probably a positive thing overall. I mean, I definitely will. Uh, Keep following Aaron Houston and what he's up to. I always follow SSDP. If anybody does, not I would encourage you, that stands for Students Students for Sensible Drug Policy. And I don't know if you know this, uh, Mr. Green, but uh, myself and our producer as well were both uh, founding members initially uh, uh, for this organization. I mean, we went to the first uh, national convention in Washington D.C., which was an amazing- for SSDP. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing little bit of trivia for you.
1: Um, so, yeah,
0: I've, uh, we believed in it very, very much then, and uh, I know I'm, I'm sure probably uh, COGS does still to this day, but I certainly, I certainly 100% believe uh, in them. They're, they're probably one of the most organized and and determined organizations for uh, you know drug policy reform.
1: Sure. And and just to, with another further note here is there is no hard evidence that uh Aaron Houston actually left SS. I mean left MPP because of this scandal it's just uh sure. speculation at this point. He has not publicly said anything against Rob Campia that would make uh make us be- uh, necessarily 100% sure that, that- that these two things are even related. I mean, he could have been leaving for a, a better job, you know, I mean, or, or right. something that he saw as a bigger opportunity for himself. So uh, yeah. Pro-
0: yeah, probably more
1: I mean, probably more will follow with this. Um, the story just doesn't seem to go away. Any change within MPP, and it keeps coming back, and um, yeah. it's going to be like that for, for a while. But um, it's, it's going to chill out over time, and, and I suspect MPP is going to continue to be the successful um, policy uh, reform movement that it's been. I really don't see much, much changing sure. there. If you're good at what you do. You're good at what you do, and they're definitely yep. good at what they do. Yep. All right. That they're uh, speaking, So all these groups who have uh, MPP and SSDP, uh, safer, normal. They've been making a lot of waves in Colorado, and now it's mm-hmm. time for your Colorado news. Your Rocky Mountain High is what we're going mm-hmm. with this one. Cute like the pink sweater, or is that more like that's like <laughs> more like that's more like edgy? Like like yeah, that's. Edgy edgy, like sexy marketing there, huh? You know, yeah, well, rocky Mountain a, High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> that's the only one I'm totally, uh, totally with so far. But, um, yeah, what's going on in Colorado now is a new um, telephone poll released over the weekend shows that now 49% of Colorado voters support taxing and regulating marijuana, while 13% are still undecided. So, Colorado is the state where safer has been making a huge uh huge campaign movement there, and it looks like they're about to tip over fifty percent What do you think of that jamie
0: uh-huh it's about time well, it's kind of expected, but you know no no positive news should ever go just you know with with it should never come with an apathetic reaction i mean it's always it's always you know, it is what it is. It's very positive progress, and you know, we just keep watching them. Colorado, man, what a place! There, that state Changing. is setting a standard.
1: They are. And, you know, here's the deal. Like, um, you know, I've always heard so much about Colorado. Oh, it's left-wing hippies. Oh, it's right-wing rednecks. I don't know. From my experience in Colorado, it seems to be a fairly independent-thinking state, a more of a moderate state where a lot more independent voters are. And if you look at, like, presidential elections and stuff, it goes back and forth, red, blue, red, blue. So, like, um, I don't think that, that it's necessarily a state where – where this was the easiest thing to do, but there have, are a very, is a very, you know, large amount of independent voters there who are changing towards, you know, more relaxed views. Of cannabis and it 's kind of like what you said last week, last week, I believe at one point you said you know what 's so so great about the truth is that once you learn it, you can unlearn it and um, and I think that 's what 's happening with a lot of these people and what i 'm seeing the most the best part of this poll what i 'm seeing is is that it 's Already to 49% support with 13% undecided. Well, obviously this campaign has been very effective, and all they need uh, they don't need much of that 13% to get the majority. So, um, and what all this is relating to is uh, we're still waiting. Colorado um, governor is still expected to sign a bill that would regulate the state's booming medical marijuana industry. Um, what it, it's estimated that uh, there's a, a little over a thousand dispensaries there now and the current regulation signed by the governor would uh grant legal status to only about 500 of them which is about half of them um but it would be the first state to um sign any sort of law like this and and, and it would be the the most legal you know even more legal than california's dispensaries if they go down this route and and he does sign this uh this bill which is people are expecting that he will so yeah
0: that's the that's the big silver lining to this legislation some people are like oh man now they got to come down and tell us how to do everything but the the big the big plus you know that for dispensaries is that it's going to clarify things so they're not going to be running around in a fog wondering is this okay is that okay what i don't know what to do you know (laughs) it it really lessens the 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 probability that they'll be agents slamming through their doors. Sure.
1: You know, and there's people on and of those of the people that that don't make it in, you're going to find a group of of both those that were very unfortunate not to make it in and those that were Maybe not wanted in. There's definitely people involved in the dispensary movement that love the fact that it's so gray, and, and that's how they're making their profit. You know, they're making their profit off of the fact that there aren't guidelines and there isn't regulation. So, um, in the future, like you know, with it being more black and white, what you can and can't do, I believe it's going to lead to an increased level of professionalism. Personally, um, which I I personally welcome to the cannabis movement. How about you?
0: Um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Yeah, professionalism. Professionalism in California. We've been doing the dispensary thing out here for a long time. It's time to move Mm -hmm. on to California news in the land of fruits, nuts, and beautiful buds. Um, Right. Yeah, California. Uh gosh, see it's, it's been it's been almost 15 years now since uh 215 pa- uh, Prop 215 passed in California amending the state constitution um to uh um basically allow medical marijuana. The dispensary uh, movement has progressed slowly up until about 2005, and then it really boomed starting in 2005. In 2005, the uh, city of Los Angeles, or county, I guess, the county of Los Angeles is probably what this story actually refers to, um, had only four dispensaries. Uh, now there are over a 1,000 dispensaries. Um, and the city has um, made – an or ordinance attempting to shut it down to about 130 dispensaries. Well, we, we really fail to put a human touch on what that means. Um this guy, Eric Matuszek, um, was a Hollywood stuntman. He's been in, uh, shows like Transformers, CSI, Lost, um, et cetera, et cetera. He, his life savings, which as a stuntman, it wasn't too much, is about $70,000. He put it all into his dispensary last December, um and he's just feeling like I'm totally screwed, is what he said. Uh, what am I going to do I'm, I'm committed to this, and his dispensary is going to fall into the um, one of the ones that will be closed, and he has until June seventh is the guide, is the the cutoff date now to where Jeez. he is supposed to cut to, to close his dispensary or face serious civic fines or possibly even jail time so if you're if you're a business person and you're in this spot. I really don't know what you do. I mean, uh, I, you know, as as we've said before, well, they obviously don't have the police force to enforce this. They're not going to be able to go round up 700 dispensaries. I um, mean, you know, actually it's more like 900 that they're thinking about closing. So it'll be a lengthy process, and who knows if they'll just keep pushing this date back and pushing this date back, trying to intimidate people to mm-hmm. stop doing this, but um, – Man, this is going to have a real world effect on a lot of people good people too that are in this business that have dispensaries and um, you know are facing this sort of uh, this sort of issue I, I mean it's just like any of us that have worked in this industry to some degree we always know that there's the possibility of uh, some sort of you know legal consequences but I mean, this is pretty much in their face. They're telling them, shut it down June 7th or big fines or jail time. How would you feel about that if you were in his spot, Jamie? Mm,
0: That's pretty harsh. I mean, I hope that they do extend these things just enough to give people, uh, not as a threat tactic, uh, uh, but more so as just to give them a little bit of extra time to get their affairs in order and get out of this thing, at least with their shirt on their back. I mean, it sounds like some people are going to get the gold mine and some people are going to get the shaft. And uh, that's pretty harsh. You know, it's kind of a... You're all good, or you're, you know, annihilated. That's pretty extreme. extreme. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to uh, how to get out of this. Uh, I'm baffled by it. I can't imagine having sunk my life savings in there and and be in that situation that he's in. I mean, I hope the best for him, but he's. I mean, being a retired uh, Hollywood stunt person, he probably you know well. Obviously, he he has a strong need for medical cannabis himself. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to yeah. do about this situation. It's it's uh, concerning, to say the least. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, how well, is there a way around this, a rational way to work through this where people don't just get, you know, it's the, the same happening.
1: Hap- I mean, it's the same thing that's happening in Colorado, right? In Colorado, they're, you know, going to legitimize about 500 of the thousands, so about half of them they want to cut. Shut down, you know, for regulatory reasons, and they're going to go in there and and say, well, the reason is because of this or because of this, and it's all basically zoning guidelines. I mean, it's one thing if you go into a business and you say, look. You're stealing money, you're putting out an unsafe product, or you're, you know, or you are, you know, not paying your taxes or something, right? Mm -hmm. Those are offenses that are are, are bad for everyone, basically.
0: They're illegitimate in your practices.
1: Yes, but the only part of the practices that they can prove are illegitimate at this point are that they don't fall within the zoning guidelines that were set up after these people started their businesses, right? If this ordinance was put into place and then you go and start a business that does not fall within the guidelines of the ordinance, that's on you. You made a mistake. That's a business mistake. That's going to cost you financially. You can't make those kind of mistakes in business. You have to pay attention to, regula- to, to regulatory laws and make sure you fall within them. But if you set this up before there were regulatory guidelines, before there were zoning guidelines, and you're getting kicked out simply because you don't fall within it, that's really tough on a lot of people, man, a lot of people. Um, it. it you know, and 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 if for a re- as a person being empathetic and imagining myself, well, like you know, that could have been me. I could have set up a spot down there at some point, and thought, and, and and thought everything was great because it was a nice spot, a good retail place. You know, there's tons of liquor stores all around, coffee being sold everywhere, guns right down the street. I have my little medical marijuana shop. Oh well, there's a res- there happens to be an apartment building on the on the you know three three. Retail stores down right on top of it, so you 're within five hundred feet of a residence, so you 're being shut down wow. you know i just I just kind of feel like uh, I kind of feel like a lot a lot of these businesses that already existed prior to these ordinances being on should be um, should be grandfathered in and should perhaps receive some sort of tax incentive to move their locations to spots that fall within the guideline so if you move you then get a carrot not a stick you know i don't want to i would i don't believe that we should be smacking these people around forcing them to shut their businesses down we should be giving them incentives to move their business within the zoning guidelines that seems like a better uh, a better way of of approaching this to me anyway so you. you know but uh yeah um on to news stories and topics from irrational and/or hypocritical people. Um, I've been reading. Uh, yeah, these are the stories. These are the stories relating to fears, um, fears of le- uh, of legalization. Um, I've been reading a lot late, lately about um, people in California uh, talking about what the negative consequences of um, us passing uh the November uh ballot initiative could be. Uh the story that uh actually uh, uh, like, uh, putting a good point there as far as he says that, you know, he's talking about how does how does this bill raise money? It doesn't it doesn't actually set any tax guidelines. It allows state legislature And then municipalities to set the tax guidelines and regulatory guidelines later on. You know, it probably would be a better bill if it already laid out all of the tax info. I would appreciate that, knowing what the taxes are going to be. Because what this does is it says it will be regulated, it will be taxed, to be determined at a further date how. You know what I mean? So that leaves it in the hands of these idiots that run our state government here. And – That's not fair. They're not all idiots, but, you know. That
0: falls right along the lines of I think most people on both sides of the issue would claim that that's one of the primary problems with uh, 215 and the way it was opened up is that it left so much gray area where people had to figure it out. And uh, the figuring out process that we're still in right now is is what's getting them all that national attention that's not all favorable by any means. You know, maybe they should take some hints from Colorado. Can we hook them up together? like? Well,
1: you know, but that's the thing, too. I really don't think that they've gone too much further yet either. Is they're doing the same thing. They pass laws, and then now they're having their their legislatures and their city councils determine it. They're doing the same thing. I don't know that, that um, they codified tax stuff or anything like that either. I mean, I'm not sure what the issue is here. Um, why, when we get to these – I think here's what the issue is. They're not politicians that write these – Things uh, when 215 is written, it was written by Dennis Perrone. He's not a tax guy, you know. what I mean, um, this one is written by Richard Lee. He's not a, although he's a very successful businessman. He's not a, he's not like a, a government tax guy. I don't think he's going to spend too much time writing into code what the tax structure should be. So when we have these things get on ballots, they're made by marijuana people who's Primary focus is legalizing, or you know, marijuana or medical marijuana. It's not how much money is the government going to get out of this. Now, at least we're saying in the bill, the government's going to get some money, and they're going to get to set their own guidelines. What the guy that's writing the story is saying is, it'll result in nothing. There will be no taxes, and that's, I could, I, I disagree completely. If, if the state and local governments have the ability to tax something, guess what? they 're going to tax it, and they will do it, but it 's still that 's one of you know he 's got he 's got a, a good point that that we don 't know what those taxes are going to be, and um, it, i I believe that if in in the future if we ha- if this doesn 't work this time and we have to do this again, the next time we do it, we should definitely put the tax implications in the initiative, not say to be determined at a later date i think that 's a bad uh, a bad, bad way of going about it. Um, but what, here's the other part of this, what this guy has to say that, um, I think, uh, I think is this kind of loony. He's, um, he's talking, he's talked, and we, it, it deserves a real rational discussion. Actually, it's not fair for me to call him loony and to call all the politicians in California worthless. Cause they're all not, but we've just had a lot of, a lot, of, uh, a lot of hardships lately with our um, politicians here. So, But what he's talking about is you have a drug ple- tr- drug-free workplace now. It's prohibited by this initiative because employers cannot discriminate against anyone who get- engages in activities legalized by this measure, making uh – so the employer would have to prove that marijuana consumption actually impairs job performance. Can teachers smoke marijuana during lunch? Can a surgical nurse light up right before surgery starts? Can your dentist have a few tokes before fixing your cavity? If this initiative passes, the answer is yes, unless job performance is impaired. So first of all, the guy writing this sounds like he smoked weed. Take a few tokes, light up, smoke. I mean, I don't know, his lingo sounds like he's at least been around it some but um, he's he's Take, do you take the bus? Do you take the light rail? Do you put your schools on a? Uh, do you put your kids on a school bus? The operators of all these modes of transportation are only prohibited from consuming marijuana who operate these vehicles before they start, while the engine is turned off, or during their brakes, they, they can light up and consume as much marijuana as they want to, as, as long as, uh, as as long as they stop when the engine starts. And again, no action can be taken against them unless the employer can actually prove that impairment. Has occurred, so he is basically saying that um, people are going to use marijuana in a uh, you know in a, a, in a in a not thoughtful way. I mean, I I, I wouldn't want my if someone's going to go in and work on my heart, I don't want them smoking weed right I before they do it. I think you would call
0: that more than a not very irresponsible. I think you would say that was egregiously irresponsible way. Sure. I think that that makes uh, bizarre assumptions that these individuals are not smart enough. First of all, if my surgeon is not smart enough to know not to use any any mind-altering substance before they come and operate on me, then I got the wrong doctor. Yep.
1: Yep. I agree. Definitely,
0: you know, and, and, and for the argument with our school bus, of course they're using those because you know what rides on school buses, our, don't you?
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, our children.
0: Favorite fear factor. The you know, biggest. The,
1: right. right. That's it, um, isn't it? That's,
0: but, you know, the problem is if, if, if they, if they want to go and get some, you know, Bacardi 151, which is pretty lethal stuff by any standard, and they want to slam it down, they have the ability to do that right now. But I don't see a lot of. Thankfully, I don't see a lot of people that that want to do that. Or if some of them maybe do, they they have the the personal restraint, at least, to know not to do that before they get into a bus and drive children around. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous to think that these people don't have any kind of you know human you know they can't you know take care of theirself or make some sort of sound choice. And in, in, in yeah
1: definitely and, and, and this guy he's from a, a movement called public safety first which is a um campaign against uh the the initiative in november um and they are teaming with mothers against drunk driving um and their website you know san boasts all of the people san bernard san bernardino county sheriff rod hoops opposes marijuana legalization california sheriff's association opposes Um, County District Attorney, Fresno County District Attorney Elizabeth Egan opposes, um, you know. uh, Publicly. Kern County Sheriff Donnie Youngblood, all these people, cops, uh, district attorneys. So uh, you have to put
0: publicly behind that.
1: Yes, um, and so no, this is their it's... move. That's who this person's coming from. They're teaming with Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, we're going to get into this in, in just a second um, about uh, uh, the impairments that you actually do go through with with marijuana. Um, but man, comparing it to, to being drunk just probably is, isn't even uh, isn't even lethal. I mean, it not even a good comparison at all, you know? And, and I, I think that people, if if, if look, if you're listening the show and you think it's cool to smoke weed and drive it's it's not it's really not it's it's not a good idea you're not doing you're not doing our cause um any good by by smoking weed and driving especially if you're doing it while driving and if you're getting higher right before you drive look the effects of marijuana go away relatively quick when smoked. You you can drive within 30, 45 minutes, an hour if you're not taking huge doses of marijuana, but you should not be jumping right into a vehicle and driving. It's really not good for the movement. Um, it's um, something that I, I would suggest most people stop now if you're doing it. Please. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Um, okay, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna put this I'm gonna tie this one into the drug czar's most recent big word problems. Having problems with big words again. Um, as you know, our drug czar, I have trouble with his big last name, Kurlekowski. Is that how you we'll say just, it? We we'll just we we'll just call him Special K. Special K. <laughs> All right. He's special K. I don't do special K. Jamie doesn't do special K. No one on the show does special K. It's a drug. Um, Maybe Special K has done Special K, but uh, maybe that's why he says such stupid shit sometimes, too. Um, And sadly, no, this story is not made up. Uh, In an online interview, video interview with uh, Special K, he says that the Obama administration is very much opposed to taxing and regulating marijuana because, get this, he says that taxes paid on alcohol do not make up for the criminal justice, health care, and social costs of alcohol consumption and he just assumes that taxes on marijuana wouldn't either. Um, Though he doesn't want to mention the billions of dollars that would be saved on law enforcement prison and judicial and environmental costs by uh, legalizing marijuana um, it's a bizarre super bizarre story and fur- he went on further in the interview um, to the, the, at the, the interviewer asked so then are you looking at the prohibition of alcohol? And he just chuckles and says, no, we're not exploring prohibition. Really? You absolutely are exploring prohibition. You are enforcing it, actually, when it comes to marijuana. And um, as a consequence, nearly a million people are incarcerated every year due to it. And we have SWAT raids murdering pets and children. That wasn't related to, to marijuana. Pets. We'll stick with pets now. And uh, have killed more than you know thousands of people in Mexico due to the, the prohibi- prohibition fueled violence from drug gangs down there um, there 's nothing funny about he, you know him laughing about not exploring prohibition for alcohol is that 's that's not funny, man, because marijuana is going through prohibition, and it really is sad to say because what they're, him and the, the the gentleman in the story before this are doing is they 're saying that Marijuana is equally as bad as alcohol, if not worse, and this is just not true, and people really need to study these facts again. I'm going to plug the book again. Please read Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink? It lays out all of this in very rational detail, easy to read. Check it out. Because the societal costs of alcohol are huge. It's the third leading cause of death behind cigarettes and obesity. It's a terrible drug. Quit thinking, just assuming marijuana is as bad and is going to be as costly to as society. It's just, it's yep. just not. It's just not. Um, what do you think, Jamie?
0: Well, you know, I mean, I think we have actually uh, from law enforcement organizations, like specifically uh, the Michigan State Police, they're notoriously uh, very well respected for doing uh, uh, impairment tests and studies that are are regarded as very credible um, with people that drink. Well, they've got people on tests um, that were drinking and they got they, they did really they do a really good job. So I think it's 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 there's a good reason why they're they're held as a a, re, a good credible resource on this type of information. But they, they got people from all walks of life all uh, all walks of life all races both genders um, different weights. They you know they got the wide spectrum of people because they know it's going to affect people differently based on their physio- physiology and based on their weight. And so forth. And they found conclusively over and over again, it's repeatable, it's scientifically provable, I guess, in that case, that every single person always gets worse. Their impairment, uh, as their impairment rises, as they drink. I think they give them like a half a shot or a shot at each. I don't know exactly how much. They just give them this incremental, either a little bit of dose and they do the driving test and they give them another little dose and then they do the driving test. And and without fail, every single time they get worse with alcohol. Well, they've also found that they don't like, you know, pull out the bull you know, the big megaphone and, and announce to the world. But uh, they also found that when they tested with cannabis use, just cannabis use, not, not with alcohol, um, that, not only did they not always get worse, but oftentimes they they stayed the same you know but oftentimes they 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 even got better they even did better on the test
1: well that's know? what and this it, Israeli study shows too from the book safer it shows that. Uh, an Israeli study was done in 2008 assessing the impact of marijuana and alcohol on, on driving performance. Subjects, this is what they they found from it, subjects seemed to be aware of their impairment after THC intake and tried to compensate by driving slower. Alcohol seemed to make them overly confident and caused them to drive faster than in control sessions.
0: Sure. Um, well, it's important to point out at this point that uh, by no means are we saying that Look, see, it's okay to drive that's not the message no, exactly. no 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 that's no no not, yeah, that, no not wrong no we're
1: just trying to we're just trying to dispel the myth that smoking marijuana impairs driving in a manner that is equal or worse to alcohol and that marijuana consumption is responsible for tens of thousands of traffic accidents every year at most it plays a minor role it's not the same as alcohol and people really need to wake up to this it's just not you don't get impaired the same way um what, I mean If you smoke just a little bit, how long do you think that you're impaired to where you couldn't drive, Jamie? Personally, for you?
0: Um, If I smoked a little bit of what? If I smoked a little bit of Neville's Haze, one of my probably your
1: your strongest, the strongest medicine you've got, and you take you know regular dosage of it, whatever regular Um, dosage is for you. Well,
0: I don't care for the name at all, but it's been referred to as green crack. And Uh it is for serious, serious medical usage whenever you are really, really in bad shape and it pretty much knocks you out, takes you out of the game. It's very strong and and it has just the the, the proper characteristics that will just make you ultimate couch lock. And I think uh, if I smoked a little bit of that, I would be just, I mean, beyond irresponsible to get in the car you know, or anywhere near a car or any kind of machinery or anything that's mechanical and heavy and dangerous, potentially dangerous after smoking some of that. But, you know, if I for how long,
1: how long would you get um, for
0: how long? Well, I would say safely um, at least an hour. I mean, to be honest, it should be a couple hours. I mean, if you're, if you're ready to sit down and puff, then you should probably be in some sort of an area or, you know, time slot within your day that affords you the ability to relax and not only for safety but you know i mean initially it should just you should have enough time to relax and enjoy yourself and uh you know whatever's necessary if it's for medical use you need to relax and breathe a little bit and uh, you know spend some meditative time trying to deal with your situations um, if it's if it were if it were happened to be for recreational purposes similarly you know for the same reasons but also if you know you're going to engage in whatever you know, type of activity and try to enjoy that you should, you should give yourself enough time to, to do that. You know, ideally I would say two hours.
1: Okay. So, but there's, there, there is some sort of of level and, you know, with more, research we could potentially have a better gauge of those sort of things for people yeah. but but we don't you because know. the government's you know interest is to say that it's bad and that's right. it and we're not gonna study it because they know if they study it they won't be able to prove what they've been asserting forever. Which it's is exactly it's just right. not it's not as bad as they think as they claim it is. Um, which we're going to move on to a couple more factors because I was just saying, you know, it's a third leading cause of death behind cigarettes and obesity. It's also believed to be a contributing factor to many different lethal forms of cancer in our vital organs because we know for sure alcohol mutates human cells. And we're talking about alcohol right now, not marijuana. Um, uh, alcohol is a central nervous system to a depressant and it has the ability to cause a lethal overdose. Marijuana does not. Marijuana does not mutate human cells. And currently, even though we know smoking is smoking anything isn't healthy for you, we have not been able to prove any sort of link between marijuana and any sort of cancer. And the other thing is, alcohol is disproportionately associated with violent crimes, including assault, manslaughter, manslaughter murder and rape marijuana is not and if you check into these things as far as we can tell from the studies that are out here it's proven over and over and over again that the negative social aspects of marijuana are not the same as they are of alcohol and if the federal government doesn't believe it why don't they study study it more pump more money into it and prove that it is it is the this demon that they say it is my thoughts are because they know they're going to fail and they know that they're wrong.
0: Absolutely. And, And actually they have on many occasions, pumped millions of dollars into heavy duty, like top flight studies. They did that with Donald Taskin well-renowned uh, cardiopulmonary doctor from UCLA. He's the best. in the. Gr- if they want to find out if marijuana causes problems with your lungs, that's the guy to go to. And they went to him, and they spent millions of dollars on a study for the, the, the purpose. And they say, you know, to find out, to get the information. Nonsense. We know they wanted to get this results back that said, look, it causes you to have throat and lung cancer. End of story arguments over that was their best hope. Well, it came back. Not only did it say that there was even in heavy i mean the biggest heads you ever imagined had been smoking for decades on a heavy basis, even in those guys, there was no conclusive causal evidence at all that showed that that this caused that cannabis causes. Uh, lung cancer, but the the kicker was not only did he find that there was no re- relationship that was provable, he, he he found that some evidence that was very strong that would show that in some instances, uh, cannabis uh, attacks and kills certain types of cancer cells, and that's exactly what they did not want to hear. You know, it, it's it, just know. like the
1: studies they did in the sixties. They were looking; they're look instead. Of, they're not looking objectively, scientifically, they have a, a desired outcome, and that desired outcome right. is cannabis is bad because th- it right. does this. And every time they study one of those h- hypotheses, they've been, like you just said, proven completely wrong, and in some cases, it actually points towards something even better about cannabis. Right. And so, therefore, they've just kind of said, oh, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're done. Over. We're just going to keep up with the rhetoric. That seems to be pretty effective. It won't be sure. forever. It won't be forever, Absolutely.
0: and that's the I mean, problem. And, and you know what? You're right, right there. You're definitely right on because that has been uh, historically the problem with this has been an ideological argument and a it, it based ideologically based fight. Well, these days, what's happening is we're seeing a, a shift. Um, among the ma- the population, masses of the population in our country, from an ideological argument to a to a scientific or more objective based argument, and that's what's gonna you know make a lot bring across a lot of the change that we need. Yep. They can't stand on those grounds
1: no it's frustrating
0: huh
1: (laughs) all right well for all of you that are frustrated just like jamie and i are sometimes with uh with um the government and how they basically lie to you about cannabis um we might have some good uh tips for you on how you can help the movement uh in today's super stanky dank sweet crystally nugget check it out tell them all about it jamie
0: that's nice. Hey, yeah, you know, like uh, Mr. Green just told you, it's very important. We, we very much appreciate and need your efforts. This is all run, like I, like I stated earlier in this show, on raw human energy. When it comes down to it, as any kind of activism is, it, it, it's powered by human beings and human energy. And uh, activism has this way of just sucking out the core energy and, <laughs> and making you exhausted and feeling thankless and tired and just don't give up. You know, um, it's worth it's worth the time and effort for things that we believe in. But uh, for for upcoming shows, I'm going to be talking a little bit about tips for effectively advocating for cannabis reform. And uh, we're running a little short on this show um, time wise. So I think we'll probably push most of these um, to our next program. Join us next Monday. Um, But I will mention one of them. First and foremost, first of all, if you want to get involved in this, that's excellent. Thanks for doing that. We do appreciate it. You will be helping out a lot of people in this country, and it's worthwhile. It's very, very worthwhile. But please, it's essential you be properly prepared to argue such important points. Um, Do your research. Make sure as you're getting out there and speaking up and voicing your opinion about these things, make sure that that it has some foundation and truth. Make sure that you are aware as you're trying to heighten awareness, make sure that you are an aware individual. Do your research and make sure that it's most credible information possible. Um, be very careful um, about finding information that may appear to be factual You know, check it out. Check the sources. It takes a little bit more effort, but it's worth the time. And then save your source material. So when you tell somebody something, they go, nonsense, where's your proof for this? Which is a very common thing, and you should expect that reaction. You can say, this is my proof. Thank you. Sure.
1: And this is a common problem with people that are cannabis advocates because many cannabis advocates are cannabis advocates intuitively, meaning they – started using it, um, and were just like, huh, it's not so harmful. These people are you – know, these people are lying. And although they probably are right in a lot of their assumptions, they haven't ever really sought out th- – this was the case with me for a long time, for instance. I just – off of my heart, weed's not that bad. It shouldn't be illegal. Bah. I mean I'm advocating – was advocating for it, but was I informing myself? No, did I believe a lot of the things are being said negatively about cannabis? No, but did I really go out and seek the the, the, the actual source information? Not back then um, a lot of people that come into this movement they have uh, many of their assumptions are are correct. But it, you do – it definitely helps to be able to back up stuff and say where you get it from. And um, this this is Absolutely. a really good point for people to start off with, you know. Check sure. into your – look at your assumptions that you have about cannabis. Find out if you think – if it looks like they're right or wrong. And and then figure out how to, um, you know, eloquently describe your points and cite them if you need to. It, it really, really goes you, a long just,
0: way. It's important to keep in mind that these people that we're up against, my people in the prohibition mindset, they're of the, of the mind to think that you're just a bunch of idiot stoners that have no sense, no motivation, and no ability to think rationally or clearly, let alone objectively. So it's important that we have to make sure that we prove them wrong, because obviously we can, and it just takes a little effort to do that. Sure,
1: and, and you know, I do want to I do want to describe the prohibitionist mindset. There are two different types. There is the current, there's the prohibitionist that is just against intoxicants, period. They don't, I I mean, like in Kentucky, there's dry, dry counties, you know. They don't want you to sell alcohol anywhere, and they're, yes, you can have it because it's legal. But there are people in this country that believe even alcohol should be legal still, that believe all drugs should be illegal. These are prohibitionists that – they're a small segment of the society that we aren't going to probably change the minds of. They have an anti Um, And they're against all intoxicants. Now, then there's the other type of prohibitionist that doesn't believe that, you know, that uh, psychoactive drugs that are FDA approved should be, you know, should be illegal, and they don't believe alcohol should be illegal. So there's two t- – just so you know, you will be arguing with two completely types of different prohibitionists. You'll be arguing with the one that's against all intoxicants and then the one that's just against m- marijuana and any other illegal drug. So two different types. And You need uh, – in my opinion, you don't even tr- waste your time with the uh, the prohibitionists that are uh, completely against intoxicants because really, I've never had any luck – Going anywhere with those people, so
0: right, yeah, you're automatically off your rocker to them folks
1: yep, yep, and I'm seeing uh So we've got lots more tips for people that want to um, advocate for cannabis in the future. Next week we'll be talking about some more. We're also going to be talking about uh, marijuana legalization and the impact that plant intellectual property rights could have on the industry. Uh, We'll be sharing some news with you. We'll be following up on Columbia, Missouri, if possible. We'll be following up with the bill in California uh, to determine if they're going to start uh, making um, small possessions into just – uh, what did you what's the deal with that just Inflation. turn them into just vile infractions instead of misdemeanors yeah. which would be great we'll be following up with that following up with Illinois and what's going on there any SWAT tactics that we find uh, definitely be peeking in on what happened in Colorado see if the governor signed that bill there and um, we will definitely also be keeping up with any any uh, nuggets from California um, you guys are what this show is all about we will be yeah. launching it here soon we really really want your um input uh Uh, you want to hear from please please yeah check out our website it's dot com. our email is canvas agenda gmail.com uh you can call in 707-654-can c-a-n-n or you can find Jake casanova or pot green on twitter check us out we appreciate you guys so much um until next time peace and pot
0: yeah Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed
1: discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.